the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2020 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. This show, if you haven't heard it before, listen, welcome. Uh, This show is in two parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning, and the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court. That's avoiding probate. In today's world, that's very important to avoid probate, not going through court, because the courts are semi-closed. And as far as elder law is concerned, our main goal usually is to try to save assets, especially the house, from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion. And you know we're in the political season right now, so we're going to be focusing on politics like we have been in the last few weeks. In the meanwhile, you know, again, we're going to start talking first about estate planning and elder law. And with us is one of the attorneys from our office, Dan Veer, to help us. Hello, everyone. My wife, Beth, is here. Hey, everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, and thank you for joining us. Okay. Dan, let me ask you a few background questions just so the audience gets to know you. How many years have you been a lawyer? Boy, uh, about 20 years, 20 plus. Yeah, the years go by pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Where'd you go to law school? I went to law school at the State University of New York at Buffalo, SUNY Buffalo. Okay. It's kind of cold up there in the winter, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is. Um Nothing like uh, being in a buffalo winter, and uh, the winds are very painful. <laughs> who were the uh, who who's the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills when you up there? Do you know? Oh, oh man, uh, Kelly, Jim okay. Kelly, yeah. Okay, all yeah. right. So that wow. was the heyday when there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Buffalo Super Bills Bowl are all uh, the time. Yeah, the fans there are very devoted. Um, very devoted. Uh, During game time, the supermarkets are absolutely empty. Empty. (laughs) I was doing some shopping once, and uh, it was uh, very empty, and suddenly there were many, many people in the store, and I I said to the person I was shopping with, what's going on? And and someone overheard me and said, it's halftime. They they ran around the store. Of course. Yeah, well, Buffalo doesn't have that many professional teams. You know, the Bills are really, I'm not saying they're it, they're the Buffalo Sabres or whatever, but, the, right. you know, they really don't have that much to go for professional. And I'd hate to see the Bills ever leave Buffalo, yeah. which I know was talked about a few years back. All right, so we got a couple of questions on the doc. So, Dan, what's the first one? Here we go. Dear Mr. Connors, 
My fiance and I are 57 years old, and she owns the house in Bay Ridge that we live in. We have been living together for many years, but she is hesitant to get married. I sold my home in Bay Ridge when we got engaged and used the proceeds to upgrade her home. I would like to know my rights, as she has children, and they are like my own, but my name is not on the deed. Please advise. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> well, you're not married. You have no claim to this house. So if your fiance passes away, you have no claim. You can't. If she has a will leaving it to her kids, you can't contest it. You might have an outside claim for the improvements, but at the same time, if you didn't pay rent, you know that may not be the best claim. So you should have something in writing. Talk it over, fiance. Even if you have, you know, maybe some kind of agreement that you can live there for a while. Um, but you have just by living together, you have no in- ownership interest in the property, and you know too many people think that there's some kind of equitable arrangement after they're gone or something like that. For the most part, everything should be in writing. You know, it it shouldn't be left to chance. And of course, obviously, if your fiance dies before you, um, her kids may not care and say, get out. And, you know, right now, landlord-tenant court's not open. It would take a long time to get somebody out. But at the same time, you have no rights. You're just a squatter almost. And you can be eventually evicted. And at the same time, uh, now, as far as it's concerned, the money you have, you could leave to your kids and nobody could contest that too. So they're two sides to the same coin. But you should have some kind of plan. And if nothing out, your fiancé can put in, and of course, fiancé, are you going to get married? It's one of the big questions because to me, if it says fiancé, that means you intend to get married. But I know people use that word a little bit differently today. But if you're going to get married, well, then your your rights are secured by marriage, although I'd still put something in writing to avoid the conflict between the um, the kids and the, the spouse and whatever. And, of course, even your money should be delineated. Um, I have a question because people ask me this all the time. Common law, is there such a thing as a common law marriage? Not in New York. And very few states, very few states recognize common law. It, every every year it seems to be less and less. And any state that's a community property state would not have common law. And like I think Pennsylvania used to have common law marriages. They don't anymore. Um, it's, you know, it's a thing of the past. Now, it's not to say in some states, you know, outside New York, you may have you may have a common law marriage, but not in New York. And it doesn't matter if a police report says common law wife or common law husband. That doesn't that doesn't matter. They the police use that as an abbreviation, you know, because they don't want to say live in or, or whatever. It's the easiest thing they can say. But unless you're married in New York, you have no rights in the other's estate, and it, you know it can be painful. And people sometimes get hurt because they're not planning things out. So yes, you and your fiance should talk about something. It could be in the nature of a prenuptial agreement too. Um, we say what happens if you do get married or if you don't get married. So the best thing is to get something in writing. Hopefully you can. If not, be wary. You know, if you don't have something in writing, you don't have something. And that happens all the time in the estate world. People say, so-and-so promised me this, so-and-so promised me that. If it's not in writing, it's usually not enforceable. So you have to be careful. Now, Beth, I know you, you sang one time in Buffalo 
And we talk about the oh my up goodness, there, right? that was the weirdest thing. Of course, we're getting off the bus, and anybody that knows me, I was much lighter then, but I was still very strong. So when you get off the bus, the the driver has already taken all the luggage off the side of the bus, but it was. A windy day, a windy, frigid day in April, <laughs> and there was a small car warning out. So if you had a small car, you weren't supposed to drive over a bridge. Well, there were these huge men waiting for us outside the door of the bus, and these ropes going from the bus to the entrance to the hotel. And so there I was with my suitcase and these huge men had to walk me into the hotel or I would be blown away. <laughs> it was amazing. I have never, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Not even on the top of a mountain in Colorado. Wow. It was amazing. Though those winds are strong, that's a great story to illustrate. <laughs> so it's real. Strong, yeah. it's real. It's real. That's in April. That's in, in April. April. <laughs> and in the winter, they're that strong, and they're freezing cold. Oh my goodness! Wow. Oh my goodness! No, too much. Thank too goodness, much. Thank goodness you had help on that day. <laughs> but I, I didn't. It was my first time there, and I had no idea why those men were outside. Then I realized it. Amazing. No, that that's my no. memory of Buffalo. Okay. All right. Now, Dan, you got another question going up there. Yes, we do. Dear Mr. Connors, do all assets go through probate when a person dies in New York? You know, that, that's a question that, that's asked quite often, and the answer is no. The assets that go through probate are assets in your name alone. And by in your name alone, I don't mean in your name alone with the beneficiary. The assets that go in probate are the assets in which you do not have a beneficiary, which are not joint, which does not in some way or another have another name on the asset. So a lot of people think, well, if I have a will, my will, uh, since a will goes through probate, I don't want to have a will because then my assets will go through probate. No, that's not the way it works. The assets that go through probate are the assets in your name alone, again, without a beneficiary. So literally, somebody could plan things out. Somebody could have a you know, $20 million estate, and if they had everything in trusts, in beneficiary form, joint, or whatever, they can avoid probate. Somebody else with, let's say, a $50,000 bank account in his or her name alone, they pass away, that bank account's going to go through probate. What determines whether you go through probate is not determined by your net worth. That has virtually nothing to do with it. It's how are your assets titled when you pass away. If you have assets that are in your name alone, it's going to go through court. And some people think, well, if I have a will, then I'm not going through probate, right? No. If you have a will, that just means the assets in your name alone will go to the name beneficiaries ordinarily. And, of course, one of the problems with probate, if you go through probate, if you have to go through court, if the assets are in your name alone, well, in that case, you could be delayed if you have missing relatives. Sometimes people think, well, I, you know, I don't have any relatives. Uh, I, I have cousins on my mother's side, but I haven't seen them in 40 years. So I don't have relatives. So, so, you know, that shouldn't be a problem. Those relatives have to be tracked down. Sometimes, in some cases, you have to hire a genealogist. Sometimes you have to publish in newspapers. 
And probate, when you have unknown relatives, can take forever. It could take literally years. And right now, we're in especially difficult times because the courts are not fully opened. So that's one reason you want to avoid probate. Somebody may contest your will. You know, let, let's say you got 10 nephews and nieces, and you leave your estate to nine of those nephews and nieces. Well, the 10th nephew or niece could file objections to will, can go through probate, and again, your estate may not be settled for years and years. And, of course, what might happen is those nine nephews and nieces who are left something might give their brother, sister, cousin, you know, some of the assets just to get rid of them in a nuisance settlement. So there are a lot of reasons you don't want to go through probate. One, you don't want to go through court. But you definitely want to go through probate if somebody's going to contest your will, if you have missing relatives and you have to publish in newspapers or hire genealogists, if your next of kin is incompetent. And, you know, that could be husband and wife. Husband has Alzheimer's. Wife wants to leave everything to the kids because the husband's in a nursing home. Well, if it goes through probate, if it goes through probate, the husband maybe get a court-appointed lawyer. And again, things could be held up for a long time, and we don't know exactly what the result's going to be. So if, if you have assets in your name alone, you're going to go through probate. Hopefully you plan things out so you do not have assets in your name alone when you pass away. Now you might say, well, if, if I have everything in trust, why do I need a will? Because there could always be something. There could be the refund check from the IRS. There could be the Medicare repayment check. There could be a car. A lot of times when people own cars, you know, they don't take care of the car ahead of time. They don't have the car. You know, so if somebody dies with a car in their name, it's a little bit easy to get rid of that car if if you have a will, um, a lot of times you, you have a checking account, U.S. savings bonds that have been up in the attic for 20, 30 years. You always should have a will for those loose ends. You could be in a car accident. And that happens. People get in car accidents more likely as they get older, and they may pass away from the car accident as they get older. And, and that's one of the reasons you always have a will. You could be in a nursing home. Somebody in a nursing home drops you. You could have a broken hip. You may have a lawsuit that lasts after you're gone. The will would determine who gets those assets. But we want to plan things out so that when you pass away, those assets that are not in trust joint are taken care of by the will. Hopefully, there are very few assets in a good plan, but you never, sometimes you never know and you can't cover every single thing. There could be a check in the mail. You sell some stock, the check is in the mail. Your stock is in, you know, transfer on death to your kids. Fine. There's a, you sell your stock, there's a check in the mail. Something happens to you before the check is cleared. You may have to go through probate. So everybody should have a will, but you should do your planning in such a way that hopefully we don't need the will to get those assets. But things happen. You have an apartment. You die inside the apartment. The police put a seal on the apartment. Sometimes it's critical that you have a will because let's say if you don't have relatives, you're, you're really in a hard position because your beneficiaries on your a state, whoever they are, let's say you have bank accounts and trust for, that does not give somebody a right to go into your apartment and get your furniture and your jewelry and personal items. So in some cases, they go to the public administrator. They may go to the estate if you don't have a will. And you might even have a tough time getting in the apartment because maybe if you're not next to kin, you can't apply for what we call letters of administration because you're not related or you're not the closest relative. You may be caught up with that. So that's why you have a will. You let's like I just said, you may have the, the furniture, the jewelry in your apartment. You're not putting somebody else's name on your you know, jewelry on your furniture, even if you wrote out a slip and put a tag on it and says this goes to my cousin Joe. That doesn't work. That's not a legal document. So 
the, the two things I think to remember from this question is, one, the assets that go through probate are assets in your name alone. A good plan starts off with the possibility, probability maybe, that most of your assets will be in trust, beneficiary, joint, and will not have to go through court. But you need a will for those assets that you can't put in trust for joint. Everybody needs a will, but everybody should plan as the will is not the instrument that transfers the assets. And this is one of the reasons you may want to go to uh, one of our seminars that we're having at the uh, the end of July. Michael, one of the, the dates and times on our seminars? Okay, so what we have is Tuesday, July 27th, um, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m., Marine Park at Buckley's, uh, 2926 Avenue S. Once again, Tuesday, July 27th, Marine Park at Buckley's. Um, then we have Wednesday, July 28th, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. at Connolly's in Maspeth, 7117 Grand Avenue. Once again, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. Next Thursday, July 29th, Bay Ridge, right here in our own neighborhood, Bay Ridge Manor, 476 76th Street, 11 a.m., 7 p.m., and 3 p.m. Excuse me, that was out of order. Um, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. Bay Ridge Manor, 476 76th Street. And finally, Friday, July 30th, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. in Bayside at the Adria Hotel, 22117 Northern Boulevard. Friday, July 30th, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Bayside at the Adria Hotel. Okay, now we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes talking politics with Fran Vellamarone and Mark Suskin. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? 
These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, we've been playing politics, so to speak, for the last couple of weeks, and we brought back Fran Vella Marone, who's who's been on, I think, almost every week in the last month, haven't you, Fran? I think so. It seems that way. Okay. Now, last week we were talking about, with, with Constantine, we're talking about the impressive list of candidates the Republican conservatives are putting together. And tell, tell us about some of those races and who are we interested in right now? Well, starting from the top, we have the mayoral race, and uh, the conservative party is running uh, Bill Pepitone, who's a former NYPD officer. Um, who served uh, bravely in the NYPD and is now ready to make New York safe, safe again. Uh, we have with us uh, today Mark Shuskevich, who's running in the 47th Council District. And I know that we had on previously uh, Brian Fox, who's running in the 43rd Council District, and um, Constantine Jean-Pierre, who's running in the 40th uh, City Council District. All those that are running on the Conservative Party line for City Council are really common sense uh, conservatives, I would call them. They're people that are going to go into the city council and make a difference and change the nonsense that's going on in the city council right now, the craziness that's happening. They're going to try to make New York City safe again, make it affordable, and make it livable again. And that's really what we all want. Mark, you, you know, this is not your first time you ran for public office. Kind of remember what happened last year when you ran and where did you run? Well, last year I ran in uh, in Coney Island, Bath Beach, uh, and Bay Ridge, and I was ahead 9% on election night, then more and more absentee ballots came in, and then next thing you know, I, the 9% lead ends up being a 1% deficit of several weeks after election day. So it was frustrating, but I'm not going to let them get the best of me, so I went right back at it. Uh, we have a city to save here in New York. I was born in Brooklyn. I love my city. Uh, I did charity work prior. I've, I've been a financial advisor, real estate agent, truck driver, many different professions. Uh, but I decided to go into politics because that's the way to make the biggest impact. Uh, being on social media and posting about politics is one thing, but the only way to make real change is to implement policies that make sense. So I decided to get in, and even though... Uh, it was a close call last year. I'm not giving up the fight. I love Brooklyn. Uh, I love the city, and I'm I'm here to continue fighting. Okay. Now, what do you think the issues that are central to your campaign, and and central, let's say, to all the campaigns in New York City this fall? Well, aside from the things that I align with uh, both the conservative and the Republican Party, which I'm unanimously endorsed by both parties, uh, as far as keeping our streets safe, backing the police department, improving police community relations with 
different uh, events within the community so people get to know their police officers and respect them not out of fear but just out of admiration. Uh, so I, I want to bring communities together. I think that's important. I think the uh, the taxes and the fines that the city is implementing, especially uh, with speed cameras and all different types of things to make our citizens broke. As I debated with my opponent last year, I think speed bumps save lives. Speed cameras all just take money out of people's pockets. De Blasio's Vision Zero isn't about zero accidents, about zero money in people's pockets. He, you know, the city's broke, and he wants to. He wants to, you know, fine people and tax people as much as possible. But a lot of what resonates with the people that I'm speaking to in person out on the streets are my nonpartisan ideas that I think everyone on all sides of the aisle could agree with. Uh, life skills classes in our education program. So they used to have trades uh you know, shop classes many years ago. So kids can learn basic life skills, basics of electrical wiring, plumbing. And aside from that, on the financial side, how credit works, how checking account works, uh, basics of retirement and investment planning so that they're prepared for the future as opposed to taking, you know, maybe they want to pursue a tr uh, career in trade schools. Those are those are good jobs as opposed to getting a six-figure loan when they're out of college and almost having a mortgage without the house that they have to pay off. And uh, so that's something that I think uh, even if they do go to college, I mean, these life skills are something that builds confidence. There's plenty of adults that don't know how to do basic things and pay other people to do things that they don't understand, which are quite simple, and they could learn it uh, in class in, in high school. So also after-school video game program. I played sports in high school. Not every kid plays sports. It's something that they could uh, do after school. They could do their homework first and get tutoring if they need. And then after that, they could, uh, you know, participate, possibly play against other schools in an E-League. You know, I played sports. I had to maintain at least a C average or I was off the team. It would be the same thing with the after-school video game program. Also, um you know fighting the bail reform bill we, i mentioned safety before i know that's a statewide issue but put pressure on the state assembly members uh within new york to to try to pass legislation to amend that bail reform bill uh the city council also fight um with qualified immunity getting rid of that uh does does you know can you just mention home. what qualified immunity means to the police officers in this city? Well, they're you know they want to sue police officers individually, have them carry their own insurance, and you know a lot of people don't understand how insurance works. You know, I have errors and omissions insurance with my with my life insurance license, and you know as a former financial advisor, I, I had errors and omissions for investment as well previously. And in this case, when you look at all the lawsuits, uh, I believe a couple of years ago, the uh, the total amount was about $200 million in lawsuits for the police department. Now, if people have to carry their own insurance, insurance companies aren't going to uh, give them a premium of less than $200 million. They're in the business of making money. So that's why the city self-insured itself before. If you're going to get uh, like a, a liability coverage for police officers, then they're going to have to pay premiums that total over $200 million because that's what the insurance company is expecting to file in claims. So it's it's people are in office that do things that sound good that, you know, um, but don't actually really make sense in reality. And I believe it was, a, I think it was Oklahoma, I could be wrong, but there was an armed protest of, uh, you know, 
protesting the protesters that threw out the idea of police officers having their own insurance and that made national news so the new york city council members apparently feel felt that it was a good idea to try, you know try to implement that and they just really don't know what they're doing basically now bail reform actually that's a state law but what can you do as a city councilman and explain explain what's happening with bail right now well, people are, are are just put right back out on the streets the next day. I mean, when I was running for state assembly, I was going to uh, put an email uh, list of the other assembly districts and contact their constituents and tell them what why the bail why repealing the bail reform or replacing the bail reform bill is important. So, if I am an a, elected official, I could contact the state assembly members' constituents within the city and have them contact their assembly member to put pressure on them because it's going to be an election year for state assembly the following year. And um, so even though I can't necessarily write a bill in state assembly, I could still contact the constituents of New York and let them know how important this uh, bail reform you know, repealing or replacing the bill reform is. I, I understand that, you know, some people don't have the means and if they're wrongfully accused, they should be able to get out. But this is this is something where, you know, you have repeat offenders. You had someone in the Bronx that was arrested over 90 times that attacked an old lady in the street. You have people who are released for a violent crime and then commit another one literally the next day i mean it's it's absolutely uncertain like fran said before the candidates myself and and the others are all aligned with this and this should be common sense but for some reason people think it's not and it, it definitely is fran let me ask you a question how did this happen how did it happen that somebody could commit you know a, a violent crime and then be on the street a few hours later get arrested again be on the street a few hours after that. How did that happen? How did that law change? Elections have consequences. That's how it happened. When you elect people that believe in this, these types of policies, this is what you're going to get. When uh, back in 2018, the uh, state Senate flipped from uh, Republican control to Democratic control. This is what happened. They changed the laws. They, they enacted several laws that were being held back by the Republican state Senate. Once they took control they immediately pass bail, what they call bail reform. And basically what it is is cashless bail. So you get arrested, and what happens is they'll run you through the system, and you're out in an hour or two later on. No, no, you're not being held for anything. Uh, some, as, as Mark said, there are repeat offenders. There are repeat offenders that have, have repeated crimes two and three times a day, and then sometimes two and three times a week. They're in, they're in and out. It's a revolving door system. This happened because of the change in change in the Democrat in the in the control of the state of the state Senate, changing it from Republican to Democratic control. Yeah, they, the criminals think of us as a joke. Like, I mean, they're put right back on the street. They feel like they're not even being punished. Like, what's the what's the fear? What's the motivation for them to stop? It's like they think of us as a joke. I mean, you, you see in California. They changed the law where if a, if the the merchandise is valued under nine hundred dollars, they won't even prosecute it in San Francisco. And you see videos of people just filling up garbage bags with merchandise in uh, in some of these pharmacies, like Walgreens, whatever the case may be, and they're just walking right out the door. And the mm -hmm. security, no one's stopping them, no one's arresting them. You have these businesses completely going out of business, and it seems like we're heading in that direction if people keep electing Democrats that. 
you know criminals are just going to feel like there's no there's no punishment for doing anything wrong it's a, it's a complete it's complete nonsense there are no consequences for actions anymore as a result of this reform so-called reform but it's the radicals and i call them radicals in the state senate that are in control right now this is the policy that they want they feel that they need to you know, gear the system towards the criminal rather than the victim the victim here has become a victim twice once when they're once when the crime occurs and second when this person is out on the street again okay well you know this is the consequence of not having a two-party system in new york city and new york state and one of the ways we can change it is start getting elected republican conservatives across the city next year across the state elections do have consequences but if you put one party in charge sometimes crazy things happen yeah definitely. i mean it, you know and and there is something i want to put in on this which is the fact that you have so many people who move from state to state and they're fleeing the consequences of what happens because they voted in bad elected officials and yet they vote the same way which is i i infuriating maybe too harsh a word but how on earth do you, i mean the Einstein's definition of insanity is, you know, keep doing the same thing and expect a different cons consequence. Let me ask you, Mark, what is your district? What neighborhoods are you in? I have uh, Coney Island, Bath Beach, Bensonhurst, Gravesend, and Seagate. Okay, and if somebody wanted to learn about your campaign, volunteer for your campaign, donate to your campaign, how do they do so? Well, the in-depth website to learn more about me, the ideas, I go into all the nonpartisan ideas that I mentioned in depth on how I'm going to implement them is marked the number four ny.com. You could also donate on that website as well, but if you want the direct donation website, it's marked the number four nyc.com. And like I said, I get into some of the things that I mentioned also helping the homeless with rehab and job training programs, uh, and a lot more that I, I didn't get a chance to discuss. A lot of different nonpartisan ideas that I think uh, people will be interested. In. Not only that, but also how to implement them. Municipal bonds to fund affordable housing instead of giving developers 15-year tax abatements. I explain what municipal bonds are. I explain how they would, in this case, it would be different than other ones because they'd be property-backed. Uh, also, uh, NYCHA housing, possibly a lease-to-own program. A uh, lot of different details that I go into. And you can donate on the site as well, mark the number 4ny.com, but the direct donation link is marked for nyc.com. Mark, how long have you lived in New York? My entire life. And how long have you lived in Brooklyn? My entire life. Okay, so... 40, 40 years. All right, so let's let's wish you luck. Good, good luck on Election Day. Thank you. 40 years as of last week, which was my birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. And if you'd like to donate for my birthday, once again, mark4nyc.com. And, and I'd just like to add, we need to elect conservative-oriented candidates such as Mark in order to change what's happening in this city and in this state and make things safer and better for the people living in the city and state. Yeah, complaining about things doesn't help. Voting and changing some of the people in office, that helps. And even, uh, you know, I don't want to think on the negative, but even in some cases, almost winning a race shakes things up. People start to think. They start becoming responsive. So, again, Mark for New York City. Thank you. 
Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for. Because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. I have children. How can I protect them if something happens Will my to assets be lost if I go into a nursing home? We have property. How will it affect the ones still here? Who will help us take care of Grandma? These questions can be answered by calling 718-238-6500 for a free consultation from Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, providing dedicated, caring, and highly responsive legal services. They're focused on issues that matter to you, protection of your family, preservation of your assets, and respect of your wishes with dignity. That's all I want from a lawyer, making it easier for my children. Call 718-238-6500. Get a free consultation. Connors & Sullivan's clients don't get lost in the cracks. They have dedicated 
dedicated attorneys who know their clients and the issues that matter most to them. Connors & Sullivan's estate planning, elder law, and probate attorneys work closely with every client. Don't leave behind problems for your family. Call 718-238-6500 and get a free consultation today. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, now accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hi, everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Now, we've been spending a lot of time on politics over the last few weeks. And again, we do encourage you to vote. We're only going to get change if we vote. And and even sometimes if we vote for somebody who doesn't have a real good shot of winning, one, you never know, because every once in a while, like Mark Zukevich came out of the election last year ahead before the absentee ballots came in, but nobody expected him to be even close. So you got to go out, you got to vote, whoever you vote for. Obviously, from our point of view, we want change in New York City, so we want to vote for people who are not Democrats. Now, getting back to the business of seminars, we're going to be doing our seminars again the end of July, and we haven't been able to do seminars for the last year and a half, so we're kind of raring to go. Now, Beth, you've been at seminars. What what do you think mostly is on people's minds? I think that people worry about their houses more than anything else. Um, first of all, that's in many people's lives, that is their biggest investment. And what's going to happen to it? If something happens to me, if I get sick, what if I die, what's going to happen to my house? Um, that, I think, is the biggest question we hear, and it, it, it just goes across the line for almost everybody. All right, so he, here's the question, and I'm going to simplify it a little bit because, you know, when we don't have as much time in what's allotted to us at the end of the show as we do in a seminar, and that's the point about going to the seminars. You can go, and then if you have a question, you can ask us a question, and obviously we'll try to answer it. But, okay, if you have a house, what's the best way to take care of the house. And a lot of people say, why don't I just give the house to my kids? Isn't that the, the easiest way? Well, yes, but it really is not the best way. Let's say for the sake of argument, you paid $50,000 for your house 30 years ago. It's worth a million dollars. You give the house to your kids. They sell the house after you're gone. They're going to pay capital gains tax on the difference between the $50,000 and let's say the million dollars they sell. Then that, assuming they don't live in the house, that's $950,000 capital gain. That, and, and especially if the capital gains tax goes up, that's going to be, you know, a, a $300,000, $350,000 bill, depending on how much improvements. I mean, that's money just thrown out the window. And you say, yeah, but don't I protect the house from nursing home bills? It still takes five years to protect the house from nursing home bills. Let's say for the sake of argument, you give the house to your kids in July. August is month number one. You still got a long five years before that house is protected. Now, if you put it in a trust, you still have the five years, but there's certain things we can do, make the trust revocable if somebody goes to a nursing home within five years. But the children will get the house right now, and I don't think anybody's going to change it like in, in, in the ballpark of a million, two million dollars or whatever. But right now, you put your house in a trust. Let's say it's worth a million on the day you pass away. Your children can sell the house. If they net one million dollars, they put one million dollars in their pocket. There's no capital gains tax, and I don't think that's going to change. There are some rumblings. You got to be careful what's going to go on in the future. And, and some of the people ask me what's going to happen. Don't be overly frightened by what you read on the internet, because sometimes what they put on the internet is just to scare you. 
you know, for whatever reason, they're trying to sell something or, or however, but don't, don't get scared by what's on the internet. You know, you still have to get all 50 Democrats to vote for it, to go through. And there are a couple of Democrats here and there that may not be that anxious. They're from red states or they have contributors who give them money who may not want to pay capital gains. So we got to wait now. What's going to be very dangerous is when we come to the end of the year when we have budget reconciliation because then the Democrats can get their 50 votes, Pamela Harris can break the tie. Right now, if you're going to do anything as far as taxes, you need to break the filibuster, which right now there's no inclination on certain people to break the, the filibuster. So we have to see what happens, and I don't have a crystal ball. But I would still bet that there'll be no capital gains on an estate under $5 million. I would still bet at the very least $5 million will go out tax-free. Now, are there rumblings to bring it back to $3.5 million? Yes, but I can't imagine that you're going to get all 50 Democrats to bring it back to $3.5 million, even in budget reconciliation. So we have to see what happens. But I would bet capital gains tax under under an estate, let's say, of $5 million, there won't be a capital gains tax. There won't be an estate tax, a death tax under $5 million. Right now in New York, there's no estate death tax under $6 million, $5,930,000. So I, I can't imagine it's going to go below that number. And yes, we've got to be careful. We have to be vigilant. In some cases, we may have to write our senators or congressmen to say, hey, we don't, we don't stand for this. And there are enough congressmen in swing districts that will not vote for it, I firmly believe. But we have to see what happens. But right now, under today's law, no speculation. You put your house in a trust. It was worth $50,000 when you first purchased the house. Maybe you put another fifty grand in it over the years. Your children sell that house for a million dollars. Capital gains are wiped out by your debt. It's called a stepped-up basis. Same goes if you have a stock portfolio. Those assets in the trust step up to their date of death value. Now, what else does the trust do for you? Well, again, the trust avoids probate. Now, we talk a little bit about probate right now, but right now the courts are, are really, you know, backed up. So let's say for the sake of argument, uh, you pass away, the house is in your name when you pass away. The husband and wife, husband dies first, wife dies later, uh, has a will that leaves the house and let's say three equals shares to the three kids. Right now, you have to go to court. Well, you always had to go to court if the deed was in your name alone when you passed away. If you go to court, the kids have to go to court to sell the house. It might take a year to get a court order to sell the house. And that is extremely aggravating if you're paying a mortgage and the real estate taxes and you have a buyer for the house and you want to close and you can't close because you can't get letters, testamentary, letters of administration through the court because the courts are semi-closed. It's a bad situation out there. And listen, the court was never the fastest, most efficient way to transfer assets. But now it's worse. And it's going to probably be bad for more than a few years because there's going to be a backlog from COVID. I mean, some courts say there are four or 500 cases that are just sitting there. They haven't gotten to yet and won't get to for the next few months. So again, you avoid probate. And one of the big things is you can protect your house from medical bills, nursing home bills. Now, the law on home care Medicaid is going to change within a few months, actually January 1st. If you put your house in a trust, let's say you have an elderly parent, you put your house in a trust 
now, between now and the end of the year, and actually I should say December 1st, you can apply for Medicaid home care services on December 1st or any time in between the first day of the month following the transfer. And you can get home care services in New York. You can apply for home care services, assuming you're over 65 or disabled. That law is going to change next January. Even after that, it's going to be a 30-month look-back period for home care Medicaid, which means if you put your house in a trust on you know, December 1st, the end of this year, January will be month number one, and you can't apply for home care Medicaid in theory for 30 months. Now, even when you're in these crisis situations, believe me, there are a lot of things that we can take advantage in the law with the trust. If we have a disabled child, we can protect assets from nursing home bills immediately. If we have a child living in the house for more than two years, we can protect the house immediately. If we have a brother or sister living in the same house, sibling, in the same house for one or more years, we can protect the house immediately in a trust. So there are a lot of things out there, and a lot of people don't even realize all the things that are out there that we can accomplish in a trust. So if you want to save your house from nursing home bills, you can give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And at the seminar, we're gonna, if, if you go to one of the seminars, ordinarily we get question after question after question. And it deals with the house. And believe me, there are two things you should get out of the seminar. If you own real estate, your real estate should be in a trust. Because the only effective way to transfer real estate and avoid probate and get it out tax-free is through a trust agreement. You give the house to your kids, they're going to pay capital gains taxes after you're gone. You leave it through probate, you leave it through your will, they're going to pay probate fees after you're gone. And then... On top of that, if when you pass away, the deed to the house is in your name alone, and God forbid you go to a nursing home, the nursing home can put a lien or the nursing home bill can be placed a lien on your, you know, on your house. And you know, the average cost of a nursing home right now in New York City is about fifteen grand a month, fifteen thousand dollars a month. So if you, don't, if you don't plan in advance, you may be easily bankrupted. So, again, if you want to come in, give us a call at Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500. And one of our paralegals today, when I was one of the meetings, you know, brought it up an example where somebody tried to save $5,000 and lost a million-dollar house because mom was in a nursing home for six years, and the lien is going to probably destroy the house. Obviously, we can always try to make out a deal and save some part of it. But plan in advance. If you want to save your house for your kids, do the right thing. The time to plan is now. The earlier you plan, the better. Five years goes a lot quicker than you think. But if you don't get the clock started, the five years never runs. So if you want, give us a call, 718-238-6500. Now, you've heard us answer a few questions over the email today. Michael, where do they email us a question? If you want to actually get a question through, just go to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Okay, and if somebody can't go to one of the seminars, where do they find the seminar on YouTube? Well, all you have to do is just go to youtube.com and say Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar. Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar. And that should take you to the exact right place. 
And if you want to find something more interesting, you go to YouTube and type in the Toy Soldier Collection to top all Toy Soldier Collections. And I think YouTube, we've got about 240,000 hits last, I last time I looked. And, you know, you have a pretty good picture of a lot of the military miniatures. Nate took their camera and placed it right next to the, um, you know, the soldiers. So you get some great views uh, of some of the military miniatures that we have. Well, one of the most fun things is coming into the office. If you can come into the Bay Ridge office, there are a lot of people that will take you around to see the miniatures. Not a lot of people. Some of the people in the office say, no, not another one of those screwy. <laughs> well, there's some people that can answer questions, and there are others that don't know that much about them. Each battle has its own history. So, you know, unless you're a American United States Civil War historian or something, you may not know what to answer. But we have the Battle of... We've got some Scots battling in there, and we've got... What all do you have? Because you've added some. I don't think we can do that right now because we're running out of time. Oh, no. You know, I think Dennis Kincaid is telling us, hey, it's time oh, to go no. home. You know, thank you for listening this week. Please join us next week, same stations and times. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered, we are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law, PLLC.